What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 124, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Physical Copy himself, Ethan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Kevin. This year is spoiling us with video games. I'm telling you. I mean, I got a lot of talk about today with the games I've been playing, but I'm good. I started working again. That's why we're starting late, so I appreciate you guys working with my schedule and here we are at seven o'clock might be our new time for the foreseeable future i'm sure things will change throughout time you know it's always going to fluctuate but mm -hmm. you know we, we got to work we got to make we got to pay the bills here we'll, we'll do our best we'll do our best for <laughs> sure it's 7 p.m you know what i mean i don't care what time we go live i'm free all fine, Thursday, yeah. but you know if, uh, if everyone wants to come hang out with us they can come hang out with us but guys Stuff. this is Project X Talk. We are live every Thursday uh, at a variable time now. <laughs> My notes say every 5, 5 p.m. Eastern time, but that's uh, <laughs> not going to be the case for, for a little we'll bit. We'll try here. and hit seven, I think, for a <laughs> while. Try and hit seven. If you catch, if you can't catch us live, we post every Friday morning on all of your favorite podcast services. While you're over there, please drop us a rating, drop us a review. Does help us grow. I can now see how many people are on Spotify following this podcast, and I know for a fact, not even half of you are leaving us <laughs> ratings over there. Okay, you're listening to the show on Spotify. I see you, and they're not doing even it out of spite, half. Kevin. Not even you keep half. bugging them about it. Just do it. I, I, I can see it says following your podcast, and you're not even. You don't even got to write anything nice. You can five you can't stars. Even write anything on Spotify. You just click a button. Oh, okay. I was All gonna right. say you can do five stars and say the guy on the right's really ugly, and then I'll be happy because it's a five star review. I'll be happy. Uh, well, if you want to interact with us more, please come join the Discord. The link is down in the description below. And if you would like to support us further, get early access to all Save the Game Media's content and exclusive post shows like our, the first one we did for project x like last week this week was frame by frame and next week will be no limits head over to patreon.com slash save the media choose the tier that's right for you like our current patreon supporters so thank you to bucky blue hopple alpaca tom amon fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother brianna's wife nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill lillian mimi J, the snack network david hot right dave harp and the xbox expansion pass thank you all for your support we appreciate each and every one of you now that we got the housekeeping out of the way ethan i want to start each show like we do every week by going around the room asking one simple question that question is what have you been playing my friend all right kevin i've been playing a lot been playing a lot um finished up hogwarts legacy um completed my playthrough i've talked about the last couple of weeks everyone knows my thoughts on it maintains mm -hmm. it ends very well um there's a bit of a lull i'd say in the third act of the story you kind of get like all right where's this going um it ends on a very strong note so i will say hogwarts legacy great video game can't wait to talk about it at the end of the year discussion that we have um at the end of this year um the next game is shadow warrior 3 is that the Ooh, okay yeah, name? yeah. Shadow Warrior Three. Um, tell me about this it. is a game that you had talked about earlier last year mm -hmm. um sort of a double a doom style samurai hack and slash sort of game um really fun um kind of just like it's it's just goofy it's full of comedy it's like deadpool meets like doom i mean it, it, it's just a really great time uh it's the environments are really colorful it's exciting to explore and look around it feels well polished but again i'm playing it probably about a year after release um but overall mm -hmm. really really great 
great fun. Um, the story is kind of whatever. I'm I'm there more for the action and the combat and the the craziness and and the jokes that they're cracking throughout of it. I mean, it's just really funny. I think the comedy hit a lot in this video game. Um, and I and I really enjoyed it. I didn't beat it. Um, because obviously the game I'm going to talk about next came out, but I will be returning to it probably tomorrow morning. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll be able to finish it up. It it really is it's like very a four short. Hour. It's yeah, very short. I think I got through three quarters of the game in like one day. <laughs> I think it was like three hours of gameplay or something like that. Um, but uh, I, I'm mostly skipping cutscenes. But it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. I took a bunch of screenshots on the Xbox. If anybody follows me on Xbox and can look at my account, you can see some of those screenshots. Um, but really, really beautiful game. Really, really fun first-person shooter combat. Um, really Doom-esque. I, I personally enjoy using the katana and the shotgun. I mean, I kind of switch between those two and 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 go about that way. But a lot of really good enemy diversity. A lot of different um, tactics that you have to use to defeat different types of enemies. And I think it's just a really fun, small, double-A, Doom-style first-person shooter. And they did a really great job on this video game. The platforming in Shadow Warrior is better than Doom Eternal. I'm you know what? I'm going to say that right now. I, I haven't played a lot of Doom Eternal, so I can't really speak to that. And I won't because I don't want to piss off the Doom Eternal fans out there, the Doom Guy fans, the stands. Um, uh, but I will say the platforming, it feels really good with the Does. grapple hook and the wall running. And it, yeah, this game has some really fun platforming mechanics that I think everyone will really enjoy. Uh, it feels smooth going throughout the different levels and mixed with the combat and the different combos you can do while you're doing these, these maneuvers. I mean, it, it's really, really fun. Um, really great four hours. It feels like a dense video game like there's so much content so much going on in such a short amount of time so it's really just a a a good weekend game i would say for someone that wants a a good fix for that um but i didn't finish it because i have played and in three days beaten atomic heart wow so atomic heart where do i start with this game all right let's start with the bad because i like i always say i want to start with the bad so we can on a good note the bad buggy um, it mm. clearly needed more time in development. It is unpolished. There are awkward cuts during cutscenes. Um, sometimes it'll freeze up. There's frame drops. That I've had three or four crashes. Um, there, there's a few issues here and there. There's some things that you can't loot. You know, it just little things throughout the game that really frustrate you. That's like, man, I wish this would hit. A lot of achievements are broken. I don't know if you saw that, Kevin, on Reddit or love broken achievements. Oh, it's my favorite thing in the world. (laughs) You know me. I love my broken achievements. Um, Really frustrating. So I will not be getting the 100 percent on this because I went back. You can go back into the open world and and do some of the side activities. But if the achievements don't track, I'm out. I'm I'm done. I'm going to go on to the next project. Um, But that's my biggest gripe with the game. My second gripe with the game is the main character's <laughs> catchphrase is crispy critters. Oh, that's not <laughs> he, where I thought you were going. No, the, his catchphrase is literally... Kit, it, so I get it. You want to do a catchphrase for a character. You want to make him unique in some way, right? Do you? But, is this the early 2000s? You're right. You're right. You know what, Kevin? You're right. <laughs> you probably should just make him have a good voice actor and the voice actor is great i think their performance is good you are the only one i've seen say whatever that. <laughs> i don't really pay attention it, he's fine okay it's it, it, it's fine 
Um, but I, I really think it's this catchphrase of crispy critters. It, he says it so often. And at first it's like, whatever, but then it becomes like, this is ridiculous. Like he will be having really serious story beats and I'm going to spoil it. So give me, I'm not going to spoil the whole story. I'm going to spoil a section of the story. So people get off or mute yourself for like the next five seconds, mute yourself, give you time. Okay. There's a point where he gets told the truth about this thing called collective, which is basically this mind control program that this, this Soviet scientist came up with. Right. And he gets told the truth about this, how he's basically the whole world is going to be under slavery. And he just goes crispy critters. <laughs> and I'm just like, why? Why did you say that? <laughs> I don't if, know. Any moment to not say your stupid catchphrase would be this moment. But he says, anyways, that's that's one of my biggest gripes. Um, but I I I, I got to talk about the good. There's a lot of good in this game that I think that should be highlighted. Mundfish, this is their first game that they've developed, and I think it's important to highlight all the great things that they've done. The first person shooter aspect of it. Let's talk about combat gameplay. First-person shooter aspect, I think they knocked it out of the park. I really enjoyed it. It felt a little slow at first, but once you got used to it, it felt good. Um, you can customize your weapons, put different mods on them. You have to obviously go into the overworld and explore different areas to get different mods. I think it's cool. You can customize all these weapons. Um, first-person shooter is funny. You get like a pistol. You can get an AK-47. You can get a shotgun, a bunch of different melee options. Um, if I had to describe the combat to somebody, I would say it's a lot like the combat in Dying Light 2 or Dead Island, mm, for example. Okay. So especially the melee combat. The melee combat for sure is very much like those two video games. Um, another game that I would compare to is first person Resident Evils, uh, especially when you're using the pistol. It felt like I was playing Resident Evil at times. And also there are some aspects of resident evil there are like safe zones that you can go into to save your game and get your upgrades and everything like that so there's a lot of inspiration taken from resident evil with this video game as well um but the combat to me felt really good a lot of good enemy variety very tough game this is not going to be an easy game for somebody who's not used to first person shooters this is probably not a good game to start with um interesting a lot of the enemies are tough they have a lot of health um you know they're basically me bad there's a lot of um they're bullet sponges they're bullet sponges there's weaknesses to some some are impervious to bullet damage and will only take melee like you you kind of have to scan mobs throughout the world to kind of understand what their weaknesses are and then you can tailor your attack approach to what their weaknesses are um where i think the combat gets really fun though is with the different abilities that you can unlock so you can do like shock frostbite fire damage anything like that um for me i personally did basically just shock and frostbite where i was freezing enemies or shocking cameras so that they couldn't see me and there's a lot of different areas another one telekinesis where you can lift up all the enemies in the area this was heavily promoted in the um previews where you can lift up like 10 enemies that are surrounding you and slam them down to the ground that's really fun and satisfying to do um i think there's a lot of cool ways that you can build a character up in this video game so i think combat they hit the nail on the head it's really really fun um really really interesting there's a lot of different variety uh with the combat um second thing i want to highlight about that's great about this game is the environment i know i posted some pictures in the discord yeah, that looked really um, good 
looked beautiful. That was obviously before the robots went crazy and started killing everybody. Uh, but there's a lot of great horror elements and scary things that are going on in some of these dungeons and laboratories that you're going into, you know, the flickering lights and the dead bodies hanging from ceilings. Like they did a really great job with the environment and environmental storytelling. That's the other video game that I want to compare it to is Fallout. I would say Fallout, there's a lot of inspiration from those games in this as well in terms of environmental storytelling and just how kind of the world works around it. Um, so uh, really, really cool there. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think. Atomic Heart, It's uh, there, there's a lot of good in it. I think Munfish, they didn't knock it out of the park. If If you wanted to pay for it, I would say wait. I would say mm. wait, save your money, wait until there's a bunch of patches, they get some kinks worked out. Game Pass subscriber, get this game play it do it david hot says tell me about the amorous robot weapon oh crafting no the, okay so the way you upgrade weapons or upgrade your character or upgrade your abilities is you basically work with a vending machine that's all over this place and it's a uh it's basically a sex robot right oh, cool <laughs> and it will tell it will talk to you dirty kevin while you're doing these upgrades right it will be like oh talk dirty to me and you'll be like oh shut God. up robot and it'll be like yes keep going <laughs> it's just so this is not a game to play in the family room kevin <laughs> you know what i'm saying like grandma doesn't want to hear this sort of smut coming out of these robots <laughs> um it's 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 really funny but there are times where it's like oh my god i gotta turn the volume down because it sounds like i'm watching you know some triple x stuff here uh but it's really really interesting at first it tries to kill you but then it's like oh i like you <laughs> and so yeah that's kind of how you upgrade your weapons and do all that it's kind of funny there's some good comedy beats to this game the game's very absurd i mean i think anyone who's watched the previews will understand that this game is over the top it's absurd there's a lot of you know pageantry and 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 really colorful things um there's a lot of serious notes to the game too the story beats are very serious the the issues that you're tackling are very serious the messages that come from it are very serious and the people that are saying this is russian propaganda you are wrong okay this makes the soviet union and communism look terrible terrifying and scary uh because the whole kind of overarching story is of course if anybody knows anything about politics and communism is communism is all about equality everyone needs to be equal in the world right and basically the idea of this soviet scientist is that everyone is equal by being enslaved <laughs> right in in this collective 2.0 they call it right mm -hmm. and it's it's very dangerous and you're one of the slaves obviously being uh the the major comrade major they call you uh agent p3 um you Phil basically Spencer. Yeah, it, I thought that was cool, too. His code name is P3. Um, but basically, he's kind of the henchman of this scientist. And you, as the henchman, go through your own moral dilemmas and you get confronted with the truth. And, you know, your character has to work through that trauma and, and, and the issues that come up with that. So story, I think, is interesting. I think it captivated me enough to keep me going. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it really it is the bugs and the, the issue with the overall... I don't really care for the open world aspect. They say it's open world. It really isn't. You can't really go back and, and do stuff. And it um, it's really inconvenient to go back and do stuff, I guess I should say. Um, so it's just, I, I would say this game is 
probably the most 75 out of 100 video game you could possibly get right it's okay it's right okay. down the road there are some great elements to it like, and I, I think it's worth a playthrough and i think Munfish has a very bright future i will say that i think uh, i think a lot of people were pretty disappointed when the reviews came out when they saw it in the mid 70s because i think a lot of people expect that's where it belongs in the 80s but yeah. from from the reviews from what i'm hearing is it's probably an accurate thing i think that it is the, the hype cycle might have uh, got us on this one, just like with Callisto Protocol, some would say, you know, maybe. This yeah, is a... I, th I think the hype cycle around it being sort of such a Bioshock-esque video game, I think that's what got people excited. And I would I would counter the point. I, I don't think this game is necessarily a whole lot like Bioshock. I think most people were pointing at the Belyash, which is the character with all the the light balls in its head yeah, it's yeah. basically this big projector robot and it kind of looks like a big daddy and like some of the robots look like big daddies and sure maybe the team got inspiration from that to build those characters but in terms of for me at least gameplay i felt like it felt more like either a fallout or a resident evil or a dying light 2 slash um, dead island those are the games that i would attribute to this video game bioshock not so much and i just played the first bioshock last year again so yeah i mean i feel like that's fresh in my mind it's not a game for me i know kyle um in the discord said that he and he, i know he played an hour of it and wasn't yep. really feeling it so i don't know if he's yep. played anymore or if he's going to continue i will um, say you got to work through the first couple hours i i would caution people and i and i'm not telling you kyle to go back and play it you can do whatever you want right um but i will say to people if you're a fan of a good first person shooter tough out the first hour <laughs> if i could say like you got to go through tutorials and it feels like oh my god is this all the game is but things open up to you and you figure things out that make things a lot easier at first you're like oh this is gonna suck but there are mechanics in the game that open up to you and it makes it a little more enjoyable well if you're if, if that's all you've been playing i have two games i want to talk about i've been playing three games but i can't talk about the one Ooh, can't um, talk about it kevin yes can't talk about so i can talk about i will say jrpg overload for me okay that is where my when life is, it is not? right now i bro okay we got kirby coming out tomorrow we got clive and wrench coming out tomorrow oh. If if you want me to ask the question real quick, remember the question I had before, and I said, oh, "Let's yeah, just yeah, before I get into the show." What's this question? I need you to choose what next game I'm going to play because I've been looking today, and after I beat Atomic Heart, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Is it going to be Clive and Wrench, or okay. is it going to be Kirby? So, Kirby is obviously Switch exclusive. So if you want right. to play in your if you want to play in your stinky Switch, go with with stinky Kirby. Switch. Clive and Wrench is either PC, Switch, or it's gonna be PS5 if I do Clive and right, Wrench. Right. Yeah, I mean, Kirby 60, Clive and Wrench is, I think, 30, 35, 30. It's, it's a cheaper platformer, so if you're looking to save a little bit, maybe, tr maybe try Clive I and need, Wrench. I need but... you to tell me, Kevin, what game do you think is going to be more fun? Because I, I I cannot choose. I think Clive and Wrench will be more fun. I think Kirby might be more polished, just because Kirby's more of like the the. You're easy... not giving me an answer. You're it's just, more easy you're... mode. It's easy. <laughs> Kirby is an easy game. I don't know what to tell you, bro. I love like, Kirby, I love Kirby too. I'm getting Kirby tomorrow after work. But 
If you're uh, getting Kirby, then I'll get Kirby. I want to talk to Kirby. somebody while playing it because I I never Kirby. played the original Dreamland. Me either. I never played the original, so I want to play Dreamland Deluxe and talk to some people in the Discord who did play the original Dreamland, and then you and I will be the ones playing. Yeah, I mean, Dreamland I'm picking Deluxe. up Kirby, and then it's gonna sit on that shelf for a while. <laughs> <tell> you why? Because <laughs> uh, I gotta I gotta get through a game. But yep. the games the games I I was playing earlier this week before before last night I got an email, but um tales of symphonia remastered all right everyone yep. knows my favorite game of all time i have an unboxing slash uh review coming for it tomorrow on the channel so Ooh, keep an eye out for that edition, right you, yes i got the uh it's called Ooh. the chosen edition i got the collector's <laughs> edition so i did a little uh, I, it didn't even come in a box all right it came in a, in a package but i i ripped yep. it open i showed everyone the the cool stuff inside of it so if you're looking forward to that you can look that's on the channel tomorrow but Man, I put 12 hours into it since Friday. So I bought it. I bought it digitally on Xbox while my Switch version, You're the chosen, crazy. was in the in the mail coming because I was like, I gotta play this game. It still holds up, man. Like I nice. it's still so good. good. And I I'm flying through it. Like for where I am in the game, 12 hours in, I'm like, I am speed running this. And I, I'm still sitting here. I'm just like, is this game just like how fast could I do this game? Because I, re in my mind, all the dungeons are a lot longer, but then I do them and I was like, this is like a five minute process. Like, I'm I just, mean, what number playthrough is this for you? I don't even know, man. In the, in the double digits. That's like me with Mass Effect. Like, I'm just, it's over 100% the whole game. And yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a mirror puzzle. Oh, drag it here, drag it there. Like, done. Let's go. Let's move on. Uh, love it. You can look forward to my full thoughts tomorrow. So I'm not going to talk about that one very much right now, but I do want to talk about like a dragon Ishin. So I picked this game up. I was, I was a little annoyed because I wanted, I wanted to play it Monday, but the, the New Zealand trick didn't work. So then I wanted to play it Tuesday yep. morning before I went to work and it was still locked because I had global release time for like noon or something. It was ridiculous. So I didn't get to play it till Tuesday night. Time. Yeah. What a joke. Um, the first a few hours are very cutscene heavy. Very, very cutscene. Okay. You're going to be watching a lot of cutscenes and then basically doing tutorial fights where they just like hit this button and then they teach you like the combats and there's no real danger of losing. I think the game looks gorgeous most of the time. You can tell that they remade it, especially in cutscenes. Cutscenes are absolutely beautiful, they look stunning and it's only in certain gameplay moments or when you come out of cutscenes and it switches back to like in engine rendered moments where they're like talking where you can kind of see like they didn't really touch that section up. It's still kind of like it almost looks like a PS3 model at certain points. Right. So it's it's hit or miss for like where they put their money and, and touching up for the remaster. I do think, uh, because anyone that knows me with the Yakuza games, I love Like a Dragon. Um, Yakuza Like a Dragon, not they, this naming convention is terrible. It's uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, so I like the one with um, Ichiban. That's one of my favorite yeah. games, probably of all time. Like, I absolutely love that game. That's turn based. This is action. This is an action JRPG, much like the older Yakuza games. And part of the reason I never got into the older Yakuza games was the combat I didn't think felt very good. And this one, I think, feels 
pretty good, not perfect, still has some 2013 jankiness to it where you can tell it's not a modern feeling game, but they right. have they have tried to make it. So you get four different like fighting styles, which is what I think is awesome in this game. It really allows you to tailor the way you want to play. You get to be a brawler where you could just like punch people. You can do a swordsman only. So it's just you and your sword, very samurai because it takes place in the, in the feudal era of Japan, right? Like everyone's a samurai. Everyone's slashing each other, killing people. It's awesome. I love this time frame. I love, yeah, I, I didn't know this, but like, I'm I'm thinking back like playing um oh, what was the what was that samurai game you didn't like the side scrolling one that, that I didn't out, like that came out last year oh Trek to Yomi you didn't like Trek, Trek to Yomi yeah Trek no, to Yomi. I didn't care for it I really like I don't know samurais are clicking with me lately I'm really enjoying the, the Ghost whole of setting here. you got to play no, it. I don't like no 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 I don't want that's the quintessential samurai game. I don't want an open world game all right I'm <laughs> oh, not looking for Assassin's Creed Japan okay <laughs> anyway so you get to do swordsman you can do a gun only. Which is very weird to to just pull, pull out right. a pistol, or you can do what is called a dancer, where you hold a gun and a sword at the same time. And this style is so much fun. I know I was talking to Hopple in the chat in the Discord. Come over yep. to the Discord if you haven't. Please come chat with Yaku. Yeah, super fan Hopple for yes. sure. He is doing swordsman and having a much different experience, hmm. but I'm doing dancer. I put literally every skill point into dancer. And it is the some of the moves you unlock are so cool. Like one of my finishing moves is when they're on the ground. If I go up, I can stab my sword into their chest and then blow their head off. <laughs> and you don't see the bolt, you just see blood splurt up. But yeah. like this game is awesome. In the settings, you can like turn how much blood do you want? Like heavy, light. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm on chapter four. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. Uh, I do have to put on hold for right now, but it is an absolute blast. I'm I'm really glad I gave this one a shot. So I, I got to ask you, I'm not the biggest Yakuza veteran. I played Like a Dragon. I played Judgment and Lost Judgment, that okay. series, which is kind of like Yakuza. Um, I, I'm not... I'm thinking that most Yakuza games don't have this sort of system where you have different fighting styles. Is that incorrect of me to think of? Do you know? I don't know. I've only tried uh, Yakuza Zero very briefly, mm, and I okay. didn't. I didn't care. So maybe for somebody it. in the comments or in Discord let us know. But because from what I've seen of Ishin, the the combat seems really unique to the Yakuza series, or at least just so different that it, it seems unique. Um, obviously, anyone correct us if we're wrong. I know there's been like 30 Yakuza <laughs> games. I have not played hardly any of them. I've only played a couple, you, so I don't know if those systems are in place in other places. You know what's funny about this one, right? It's because it's a spin-off title, so it brings them back to the, the feudal era, like I said. But you have the character models that you would see in like modern right. day. Yeah. And then they just throw them in like kimono and it's make them samurai. Strange. So like you have um, uh, Mijima, right? For, or, uh, from the modern ones and he's over here just acting like himself but he's just a weird samurai now and i'm like <laughs> what is going on like you literally it's great and and obviously you play as the guy that looks like kiryu but he's not yeah. that's not his name and the story's really good it's the classic drama filled yakuza style like that Beautiful. is that is what you're gonna get for this game so super awesome can't wait to play more um other than that like I said, can't talk about what else I've been playing. Looking forward to Kirby and Clive and Wrench tomorrow. Hell yeah. Sounds so, fun. Ethan, 
Yes, sir. Why don't we get into the news because it was actually a pretty news-packed week uh, for for uh, Xbox, uh, unlike last week. So, yeah. Story number one: Xbox and Nintendo have officially signed a ten-year deal. So. Uh, Vice Chair and President of Microsoft, Brad Smith, posted on Twitter, quote, we've now signed a binding 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo gamers. This is part of our commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty to more players on more platforms. Included in this post, it says, quote, Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity. So they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We're committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty to other gaming platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. So, Ethan, we heard about their intent to do this. We knew they offered a 10-year deal to Nintendo. They finally signed it. Um, Do you want me to read the second part of this or you want to give your thoughts on the Nintendo part first and then we'll go to the rest? Oh, sure. Let's talk about the second part too. Okay. So uh, announced after their CMA briefing, Brad Smith also said that all Xbox PC games will come to NVIDIA GeForce Now, a competing cloud service, and that NVIDIA Now supports the Activision Blizzard King deal. Microsoft also revealed that PlayStation beat Microsoft market share globally 75% to 25% and 96% to 4% in Japan. So, Ethan, thoughts on all of this? Seems Xbox has been signing some deals, trying Mm -hmm. really hard to get this deal to go through. Yeah, so obviously the the deal with Nintendo, with the deal with NVIDIA, it really shows Xbox's commitment, I think, to expanding its market and expanding how many people have access to its products. And I think that's the strategy they're using right now to try and get this Activision Blizzard King deal through. Because the whole argument with a lot of these governments that are going against it, whether it be the CMA or the FTC, is that you guys are trying to make a monopoly. And if Xbox can go to them and say, we're literally putting it on every platform possible along with offering it to PlayStation. It's hard to make the argument that they're trying to make a monopoly. Um, so it's good to see this deal set in stone. It's good for gamers too, obviously, because more games are going to more platforms. That's always a great thing. I think it also shows Xbox's commitment to the cloud um, industry and, and them wanting to expand into more cloud. I think NVIDIA GeForce is one of the other big cloud streaming services. I've never used it. It might be big on PC. I don't know the numbers. So if anybody knows the numbers on that, let us know. Um, but it, it's cool to see their games be added to that so more players can be a part of the ecosystem and enjoy these video games. That's awesome. Um, I would. I, I am interested, though, and, and we talked a little bit about this when this news first broke that they offered the deal to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. How is Call of Duty... Or how is some of these first-party Xbox games going to look on Switch? And obviously, not every Xbox first-party game is going to Switch. Starfield, there's no way that's going to Switch, right? There's no way they could port Starfield to Switch. Um, I don't even know. I I regularly play Modern Warfare 2, and I don't know how they could port that to Switch with with 
how much fidelity is in that game and how beautiful that game is and you know how hectic it can get especially with you know some of the matchmaking games are 32 v 32 online capabilities i mean nintendo is just not geared to handle that sort of gameplay so i don't know if we're going to go back to the times of when there was a separate nintendo version if anybody remembers gaming back in the day with the nintendo ds call of duty used to have its own versions which were just single player campaigns completely different um or even the game boy you know era um with the original call of duties i i don't know i don't know how it's going to look we'll see um and maybe they'll pull something out of their butt kevin you know they, they they can put some weird games on the switch where you look at it and you go i don't know how that even runs and somehow they make it run um but nintendo's got to do something <laughs> with their hardware i think david in the chat There's goes no starfield coming to switch baby <laughs> no chance uh, or yeah, you no, can it would be no in 360p <laughs> no chance in that look like um, a youtube video from 2007 <laughs> i know tom warren reached out to brad smith uh because in his tweets he said you know we we signed a deal for xbox games to come to nintendo um and but when asked he did clarify that he's specifically talking about call of duty and i know some people were like well how can they make this legal agreement um right now because they don't own call of duty yet and i was like guys it's as simple as putting in the contract upon completion of right. acquisition like so obviously if it doesn't happen this contract's null and is, void. is null and void 100 percent, absolutely but right i think this and I, I think i said this before when they offered the deal this only signifies to me the switch is at the end of its life cycle mm. and new hardware is coming that will be able to handle Call of Duty going forward because the Switch in no shape or form can handle the modern Call of Duty games. There's just no chance. So do you think this is Nintendo, in a roundabout way, sending a signal to Xbox, like, we'll be able to put these games on our next console? Do you think? Because I, I don't see Nintendo signing a 10-year contract to put games on a system that would hardly run it so obviously they got to know that something is coming that can run these would you say that's kind of a confirmation on their part i i i think nintendo has faith that their next piece of hardware will be able to mm. play call of duty and it says pair con it says full feature and content parity it doesn't say the same like resolution fps so i fully right. expect such such as like we get things with the the series s and xbox one with last gen games and mm -hmm. it's still coming out for this like the whatever nintendo gets will not be unless their next hardware is some crazy ps5 xbox series x powerful type machine which it won't back. be <laughs> yes yeah, so they're coming there they're going full force i fully expect them to have a lower version but they'll have a version that they don't have now and that for the 130 million switch players Mm -hmm. is huge because so that is something they've never had before they haven't had a call of duty in years over on that yeah. ecosystem and there are there are people that only play on nintendo consoles so this is something that will appeal to them um especially because they hear other people talking about call of duty if call of duty does call, does call of duty have crossplay i imagine it has that yes cross it does you can yeah. have crossplay yep so you throw the switch players in now they can play with the kids can play with their friends who might have those more powerful machines and yep. maybe they only have a switch this is clearly a sign to expand the call of duty player base which 
already rakes in millions upon millions of dollars every yeah. year. Yeah, and, and we talked about before is that the more players that are in this ecosystem, the better it is for everyone um, because it's a game that thrives on its community. And it's the same thing with like Fortnite. You know, Fortnite brought their game to Switch and it, it just increased the player base and, and it made the game better as a whole for everybody. Um, so I think that's the strategy going forward with Call of Duty as it should be, as it always has been. Will they be at a disadvantage when it's running at 720, 30 frames per second? Probably, they will. But and like, and yeah. that's been documented in Fortnite. And I think Apex Overwatch Legends, is also on. Yeah, Overwatch. there's a lot of there's a lot of big, you know, live service games that are on Switch and it's clear clearly playing on but Switch. But maybe you get those, that gyro aiming, right? Like yeah. Ooh, who knows? <laughs> um, if I want to touch briefly on the second part of this, because I think yep. this is actually the bigger news to come out because we've known about the Nintendo deal for a while. The NVIDIA GeForce Now all xbox pc games so they're saying all all our first party games because yep. all first party games come to xbox and pc are gonna go into the service that's still that's a win-win xbox then still says hey you have to buy our game because you you, you have to buy the game before you can stream it that's how it works for nvidia you have to own the game and then you oh can okay it. so they still get the revenue from that nvidia gets the subscription for the streaming um, unless they work out some Game Pass NVIDIA type crossover where maybe if you have Game Pass, you can stream the Xbox. Could PC be in games. the works. That is something I could see happening. That would be monumental because then, yep. then that would mean, hey, they both add players to their subscription service, which I think would be huge for them. And mm -hmm. this also opens up, uh, well, this also takes down one of the big complaints, I should say, that the CMA had. And I think the FTC also had it. It was that, Microsoft kind of has a monopoly on the cloud gaming service. Mm -hmm. This clearly shows, hey, we don't, we, we'll put it everywhere. I'm sure if they wanted to put it on Amazon Luna, they can talk about that. They honestly are doing everything and anything to get this deal through and expand players to their game, expand access to their games on other platforms. And I don't know, man. It seems to me like they really don't care. They're kind of putting they're, yeah. they're kind of showing their hand here and saying like we're open to putting our games anywhere. Yeah, I think Xbox is doing everything it can right now to sort of make this case in real time by doing actions, right? And I I don't think there's a lot of things like there's not a lot of these lawsuit news stories that really have like actions like this. Like Xbox is kind of pleading their case or defending themselves by doing things like this. Like you don't see that often. And I think that's really interesting. And, I, and I'll be interested to see how the FTC or the CMAs respond to this. And obviously I'm personally rooting for Xbox, not because I'm I'm a fanboy of Xbox, but because I genuinely think it's better for the IPs that Activision Blizzard mm -hmm. holds. I would prefer Xbox to own it. I would prefer Sony to own it than nobody own it, right? I want Bobby Kotick out and I want those IPs to be treated properly and those development teams to be treated properly. Um, but if we want to go into the other part about um the 75 25 split um in market share and, and then and the i've 94, seen those four, numbers 94 six or i've seen the the 96 four split is is uh the same all everywhere but i've right. seen some other people say it was an 80 27 70 30 yeah. so like the numbers are kind of off but also my big issue with this and i i don't know how much we want to touch on it one not really surprised that playstation no them that bad right no two Where's Nintendo in these graphs? Yeah, how, clear, can, how yeah. can you possibly be like this is the market share when you don't have the leader in the in the market? I would say probably Nintendo's the leader. Yeah, uh, and and I think 
us as Xbox fans, we're used to being thir- in third place in terms of sales and everything. Um, I think for us, though, we're confident that the product that we are using and the games that we are playing are, are more fun and we get more quality and quantity out of them, at least definitely now this year. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We, we're usually in third place. We're used to it. I'm not surprised by the numbers, especially Japan. I think the fact we we got 4% in Japan is it's a... Miracle, right? Like it's a pretty big deal. Uh, but we're expanding, we're growing, and that and that's what matters. Yeah, I did see um I think it was Famitsu reported that Xbox Series X and S sales in Japan are above four hundred thousand now, which is like three hundred thousand more than the Xbox One got in yeah, its entire life cycle. Go. So we're not small done. small beans, as we say, <laughs> but still much better more than people than in the last ecosystem. Generation. That's what matters. Yeah, this is this is awesome. You know what isn't awesome though, Ethan? Mm, Shinji yes, Mikami is leaving Tango Gameworks. Yeah. Founder and CEO of Tango Gameworks, Shinji Mikami is leaving the studio after 12 years, announced in a company email and later confirmed uh, by Bethesda on social media. Shinji Mikami will indeed leave the studio in the coming months. Mikami formed Tango Gameworks after a legendary career in which he is credited with creating Resident Evil and working on games such as Dino Crisis, Beautiful Joe, and many more. No word yet on who will take over as studio head, but this is indeed a sad day for the Xbox game studios yeah well how you how you feeling ethan it's obviously it it sucks but i mean it it, if it's time for someone to move on it's time for someone to move on time someone to retire it's time for them to retire he leaves behind a great legacy i think in tango gameworks he obviously was staying to see hi-fi rush through see that get pushed out and uh, i think it's really I, i i take comfort knowing that he's leaving on a very high note i think hi-fi rush was the biggest release that tango gameworks had and i think he really saw his studio come out of left field and capture the world with one of the most incredible video games of this year and i'm gonna say that because i think Mm -hmm. we're still gonna be talking about it throughout the year as one of the best video games to come out this year um Tango Gameworks has brought so much joy to people, whether it be The Evil Within or Tokyo or Ghostwire Tokyo or Hi-Fi Rush like me. Um, and and he leaves behind a great legacy and a great studio full of really talented developers. And, you know, he he did a lot of good for our industry and, and for the medium of entertainment that we love. So wish him nothing but the best. Um, it, it, it's a, it, it's one of those rare good retirement stories. You know, <laughs> we usually talk about people leaving studios and being like, oh, you know, this game flopped or, you know, they, they have controversy. But no, it seems like he's leaving and he's probably about to kick back, drink some pina coladas, mm-hmm. enjoy his life or maybe go on to a new project that he wants to do, which is also really great. For- from what I've read, he's kind of, he hasn't really been involved with the making of a game, like directing and actually like in the creative process. Right. He's been executive producer on games, mm-hmm. but I think the evil within was really like his last like hands-on thing. Yeah. Um, also, people have to remember, and you wouldn't know this by looking at him, this man is almost 60 years old. Yeah. You would not know that looking at he looks he's aged gracefully. Yeah. He <laughs> looks great for his age. So yeah. he has every right, in my opinion, to be like, I've done what I wanted to do in this entertainment field. I've yeah. made some legendary IPs that are still going strong. Legendary. If he wants to leave and retire, great. If he wants to go do something else, he has every right to do I'm that. I'm excited to it, see what he does. <laughs> it's it's it hurts for me because I've just recently like 
become a fan of Tango yeah. Gameworks with yeah. Tokyo uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Hi-Fi Rush, like games that I really enjoyed, especially Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to finally go back and check out the Evil Within series when I get some time to do that because God knows 2023 ain't given me the time to do it. But I feel like Tango, he's leaving at a time where their stock has probably never been higher um, because yep. because those it's not like the evil within set the world alight, right? But Hi-Fi Rush was a zeitgeist moment. It was mm -hmm. a big deal. It's one of the most critically acclaimed games this year. It's absolutely going to be in conversations at the end of the year. And I think this is the moment where he was like, "We we've we've done something special here. Time to time to step away." And and if he wants to go do something else, like I said, great. If not, well done. Tango is going well. I don't know. I, I want to know who is going to take over for head of the studio. I don't know if it's um. I think it was it? John Johannes John, was the John one that Johannes, did yes. the director for Hi-Fi Rush. So it could. I don't be know him. if who he's knows? in the. I don't know if he. I, I don't know the hierarchy at Tango GameWorks. It's a problem. Right. Like he was the game director of Hi-Fi Rush, but how 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 high up does that make him in the right. studio? Right. Like he could just yeah. be a game director. They there have might be some vice president out there. Yeah, they have I, multiple projects know. going out. Yeah. So we're gonna wait and see. I trust whoever they bring in, but definitely sad news and uh luke xbox expansion pass in the chat says john johannes is awesome yes he is uh maybe right. maybe you can go check out some uh an interview with said director over on the Ooh. xbox expansion pass all right i'm just gonna yeah. plug that yeah really yeah and it great listen it's clear that this this development studio has a wealth of talent it has you know a good depth chart in terms of developers and leadership there and john johannes is just the tip of that spear and i think uh shinji makami leaves behind a great legacy at this studio so i think we should all be excited for whatever comes next with tango yeah, for sure awesome uh ethan let's go into our third story just a game pass sure. update uh pretty small game pass update actually so yep. february 28th we get merge and blade for cloud console pc we also get soul hackers 2 for cloud console pc march 2nd brings us f1 22 for console pc and march 3rd you get wolong fallen dynasty for cloud console and pc Ooh. Ooh. Whoa, long fallen dynasty. That's my next big one, Kevin. That's the next one I have my eyes set on. It's time to play Whoa, long fallen dynasty. That's the game I'm playing on that date. I'm excited for it. Uh, Soul Hackers 2, talk to me about that though, because you did play that. I believe mm -hmm. you reviewed it for the channel. Am I wrong to think that? Did I get my? I honestly crazy? can't. You remember. you review so many JRPGs. <laughs> Guys, go YouTube, try and find it. Review. We might have done it. I don't <laughs> if, know if I did. I'm, I'm, maybe I if we did it, remember. it was awesome. All right, um, <laughs> but let me let me Soul hear about Hackers that. Two, Soul Hackers Two is a good game. It's not a great game. It is Persona Light in the best. Like that's the best way to describe it. Except it takes out a lot of these social elements that makes Persona great. It keeps the combat, like combat in Soul Hackers is still really good. It just loses some of the charm when you only have, you have a very limited cast in Soul Hackers 2. Uh, you only have the four main members. Yeah. And the dungeon is, it's not great. It's bland. It's just basically running down stairwells and, and empty hallways in a digital space. Um, reminds me very much, if you played Persona 3, 
Uh, Tartarus is the big area there where it's empty. I, I talked about this a few episodes ago when I tried to play Persona 3. Mm-hmm. Empty, boring hallways with like the occasional monster. So combat good. Story is decent, uh, if not a little uh, generic anime, but it's it's good. It's 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 good for like if you're looking for a JRPG and you don't want to spend some money, like dive into Soul Hackers too. But yep. there are plenty of JRPGs out right now that I would probably recommend over that, mm, like right. Tales of like Zipone Monarch. Remastered. <laughs> I would recommend Monarch over Soul Hackers yeah. too. Yeah, I would. I would I go, like Monarch. Go play more. Scarlet Nexus or Tales of Arise. Scarlet we all know those Nex- are better. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Those are two games. Didn't you Scarlet Nexus play. just come out on PS Plus PS or something? Plus. Yeah, PS Plus. Oh, it is. I, I didn't know. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Go check that out. If anybody wants like six months after Scarlet Nexus, really fun. But going back to Wolong Fallen Dynasty, I want to talk about that for a bit because I tried to play the demo. Back when that came out, it was a buggy mm-hmm. mess. I couldn't get past like the first area. What little I experienced was exactly what I thought was going to be from watching the different game previews that we saw. I think it was Gamescom. There was a lot of floor um, gameplay that a lot of different uh, games journalists went and, and tried out. So we saw a lot of first impressions out of that. Basically a fast-paced Elden Ring in the style of like Dynasty Warriors. I think we saw Lu Bu at one point during one of the previews. Uh, if anybody has played any of the Dynasty Warriors, you know exactly who Lu Bu is and you, you know the character model and you know who I'm talking about. Um, so there, there's a lot of interesting things in this game, a lot of different interesting enemy types and the combat seemed pretty cool. Um, I don't think it's going to be necessarily as hard as a FromSoft game or any other Souls-like. Um, it seems like a little easier because, again, it's very much more fast-paced. There's a lot more dodge mechanics and stuff like that you can get out of attacks ways and everything. Um, but the game looks cool. The aesthetic looks cool. I'm excited for it. It looks unique and interesting. I think it's going to be a new take on the Souls genre, um, something we haven't seen before. So jumping into it, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. So, uh, I mean, are you, are you thinking about this at all? No, no, um, <laughs> I figured <laughs> I know, uh, I know some people, this game has been ready for a while, by the way, there are people yes. that have played through the entire game, like start of February, like this game has been <laughs> out there. They seem pretty confident about it. So one hoping it hits really well because yep. it'd be, it'd be good for the people that enjoy those types of games Two, our fantasy critically. All right. We yes. need this to score. Well, uh, someone was whispering in, it. whispering in my ear earlier that it might not be as good as we all think it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm staying Don't listen positive. To the okay, listen I'm to staying positive. Uh, other than that, it's not for me. I'm not a Souls type guy. Yeah. I think the the art style and the world is the most interesting one. I like I love the the that type of era with what they're going yeah. for with the Chinese. Is that like that looks great to me. Right. Other than that, not really, not really. Fair enough. Um, but I will game, give you the report on it for yes, sure. Yes, yes. Give me, let me know how it is. I am, I will be drowning in my in my JRPGs until then. <laughs> all right, and and platformers. And you will okay. give me the report for that. It'll be a good time. Yes, I will. I will let you everyone know how much the. Uh, can I just say I'm not going to tell you what I'm playing, but mm-hmm. there was literally a scene where a a girl grabbed another girl's breasts. Oh. For classic chair for way too long <laughs> way too like an uncomfortable <laughs> like amount an of uncomfortable <laughs> amount and that's all i will say that is all i will say i think i know which game you're playing obviously i'm not gonna say it but i think i know which one you're on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
That's all I will say. Um, <laughs> let's go to our last story, Ethan. Absolutely. And that is Mortal Kombat 12 is apparently coming this year. Announced during an earnings call today, CEO of WB Discovery said that alongside Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, Mortal Kombat 12 would also be releasing this year. Um, I'm going to go first on this one. I am not... I haven't been a Mortal Kombat guy for quite a a while, to be honest with you. Um, Mm -hmm. It's never really been my fighting game of choice. I know my brother Kyle used to kick my butt in it all the time. And I'd be like, this game doesn't make any sense. I don't know what to do. But to announce, to, to be such a big game and for this to be the way it gets told to the public that it's coming this year, apparently, is kind of a letdown. Like this should have been a showcase moment this should have been a big reveal but like mortal kombat 12 is coming let's go uh especially because people were like um wondering what they've been doing ed boone's been pretty tight-lipped people were like is it injustice 3 which i personally would have loved injustice 3 more because i like the injustice series i got into that last year so mortal kombat 12 very cool for those that want it kind of a lackluster way to find out yeah, it's it's really interesting that it came out this way because uh, again, as I've said a million times, I'm not the biggest fighting game guy, but to me, Mortal Kombat is the granddaddy of them all, right? Like this is the fighting. I know some people look at Street Fighter that way. For me, growing up and being a really young kid, the first fighting game I ever played was Mortal Kombat on I think the S- Sega, Sega something. I don't know. It was a very old console that one of my cousins had. I don't remember. It was not a nintendo or i I don't know what it was Mm. it was very it was like mortal kombat 3 or something Mm. uh but this is the granddaddy of them all for fighting games i don't think this is how it should be revealed i'm wondering if there was some sort of disconnect between the team that was doing this conference call and the actual staff of of the the development team and everything if if maybe somehow they knew about it and this just slipped during the conference call or if this was a planned thing and i think it was a planned thing because if you tell investors hey we're coming out with one of the most popular you know ips in the entire fighting game scene um investors are going to go bonkers over that and start throwing their money in and so it's a good way to sell your stock um not necessarily the best way to sell your game to gamers though um so it, it is sad i wish this would have been a giant reveal or anything mm-hmm. might have been a misspeak i i don't know i feel like these conference calls not conference calls these earnings calls i should say earnings calls are very particular because if anybody knows anything about the stock market is words matter and and optics matter when it comes to your stock price or or any investors and whether or not they they put their money in your company any one wrong word can send your stock price tumbling so this stuff is choreographed ahead of time questions are pre-approved i think a lot of times especially between the bigger investors um and i think the team went into this meeting with it on their notes that mortal kombat 12 is coming out and we want to highlight that to get investors on board um, say, if, if which you, i don't it, think that's right i don't think it, that's right for me if they misspoke and they just meant that like oh suicide squad is coming out this year and we have mortal kombat 12 coming as opposed to like coming this year that that's yeah. a pretty big misspeak all right it I, needs, I mean they need to tighten that up if that's to come out and clarify exactly right and, and i think that we all kind of know that mortal kombat 12 is coming out eventually i don't think it's oh, like yeah. any crazy trade secret that were they it's 12 like obviously they're making a million of these things right like there's gonna be another one um but i think 
a reveal needs to happen at like a showcase to get the people who actually buy your game fired up. That's the exciting thing. And to get the community fired up because that's what makes your game. When you have a fighting game that's popular, it's the community that makes it special. It's the esports scene. It's the mm -hmm. YouTubers. It's it's the content creator. It's the people that gen up the excitement and put on the events and the live events and fill stadiums for your video game. That's what gets people excited. And I get you need investors. I get that you need you have a business side of things, but at least choreograph it a little bit. Hell, I would have been cool if they had revealed it during the state of play. If they had been like, hey, we're going to have this Me earnings too. call. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we all would have been. We're going to have this earnings call. We want to drop this info because we want people to invest in us. Let's contact Sony and let's start the ball rolling. I'm putting this out on a state of play. This is going to be a big deal. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it could have been handled better than this. There was no room for it. I had to learn that I, I'm probably gonna have to play Tachia for Make <laughs> Me Suffer in two in <laughs> next month. Yes. No. no. I could make me suffer. That's no. what I like to see. It was really funny because during during if you haven't watched our library, go watch the library. But during yep. I was like, I don't this Tachia is like an indie game. Great. It doesn't appeal to me. I'm sure it appeals to somebody, but the whole time I was like, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> and then Aman, I think it was Aman, he was like Thank you, Oman. I hope it comes to PS Plus Extra <laughs> so we can make you play it. There's yes. Make me suffer tier. And then at the end, it was like, enjoy Tachia coming to PS. <laughs> I was like, I almost left. I like rolled back. I was like, Oman's the homie, dude. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Good shout out, Oman. He's spoken into existence. Yeah. Da David's there with it. So uh, patrons, be on the lookout for, for that vote. Uh, if you have to make me suffer tier or you can suggest it, but it'll it. be there. Anyway. Ethan, that's all we have for this week. Good stuff. It's been a, been a fun show. Liked hanging out with you. It is very warm in my office. Yeah. Um, it's very good after a day of work. Come, come home and talk video games. It was a good time. Yeah, for real. But everyone, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, love when the chat's popping off. Make sure if you're listening on audio and you want to hang out with us, we're live every Thursday. Come hang out with us. Uh, make sure to drop those ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple, please. It does help us. We haven't had an Apple review in quite some time, and we really need that to we go up read the it. charts. Yeah, and we'll read it live if you drop it. So yep. thank you so much. Uh, Ethan, where can people find you? On the Discord, come ask us questions for next week. I love viewer questions. We haven't had them in a couple weeks. I want to hear you guys. That's true. And thank you, Cody, for saying great episode. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks, buddy. Uh, you can find me at the Muffin Mon on Twitter. It's a one and seven. I own seven A. Follow us at Save Game Media over on Twitter. Stay up to date with all of our latest videos. And make sure to check out my unboxing and review of Tales of Symphonia Remastered tomorrow it's youtube only because it is a visual i can't unbox it yeah, to the audio that. so it wouldn't make any sense but check that out until uh, next week we'll see you goodbye peace out joe